Welcome to the VU Church Podcast. Today, guest speaker, Pastor Miles McPherson, shares how we can honor our similarities and unite for race reconciliation in this message, The Third Option City. Pastor Miles, lead pastor of Rock Church, draws on biblical truths as well as personal expertise in the area of race reconciliation as an author and speaker. We're blessed to have him with us today. Let's lean into the message together. Y'all ready? Hey, turn to Joshua chapter five, Joshua chapter five. Um, very briefly, grew up in New York, had a dream of playing the NFL, have uh, two brothers and two sisters. My mother was five, four foot 11, had five kids within six years. She was a monster. My father was a police officer in New York City. I went to a Division III school, University of New Haven in Connecticut. I was drafted to the Los Angeles Rams in 1982. Got cut, means I got fired. Went to play for the Chargers, played four years. I have a brother, another brother who was a Heisman runner-up in 1987, Don McPherson, was a quarterback. I have another brother who was the eighth-ranked boxer in the world. And then two sisters, they weren't athletic. They, 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 they weren't athletic. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful people, beautiful people. Um, uh, one day, 15 years ago, we were in my sister's house and my mother, we were all standing around getting ready to pray for dinner and my mother starts crying. And I said, mom, what's wrong? She said, this is all I ever wanted was us to be together. Because I was in California, she was in New York, my sister was in the Caribbean and then in London and we were all over the place. And she just said, I just want my family to be together, all seven of us. When God looks at the world, at all the diversity that he has created, the beautiful diversity he has created. Can I get an amen? He's like, why can't y'all get along? Now, I'm not even going to talk about the world today. I'm going to talk about the church because the church is just as divided as the world. We, we carry the gospel. There's this Japanese uh, art form called kitsugi. Kitsugi is a Japanese art form that you take broken pottery and you put it back together with, with and not glue, with gold. It's, it's, it's connected by gold. And the broken pottery united by gold is more valuable than the original. Watch this. The broken pottery that's united by gold and put together with gold is more valuable than the original. Imagine if the golden rule that we love one another as we love ourselves, that God can bring us all together and unite us all together, that our relationships would even be more glorifying, more powerful, stronger. So I want to talk to you about that today. I grew up in a black neighborhood, went to school in a white neighborhood, have a very diverse family. As you can see, some of y'all are like, is he Puerto Rican, is he Dominican, was he Puerto <laughs> <laughs> When I was a little kid, my father told me I was adopted from Puerto Rico. I ain't got no Puerto Rican in my blood. My father, my white grandmother, black grandfathers, and a half Chinese black grandmother, all from Jamaica, West Indies. Ain't no Puerto Rican in there. However, <laughs> all my life, I'm like, oh, I'm marry me a Puerto Rican girl, because they fun. <laughs> She's like. <laughs> so here I am in this black neighborhood, not black enough. So I got racially discriminated because I wasn't black enough. Black people. Discrimination doesn't discriminate. Went to the white neighborhood, <laughs> yeah, and I got discriminated against because I wasn't white. But yet my family was diverse, my football team was diverse, and we all got along. When I was eight years old, Martin Luther King was killed, and I remember feeling like how unfair it was that he was killed, just taken, gone. Because I remember being six, seven years old thinking that guy's going to help fix all this. When I was eight years old, he was killed, and I also remember thinking, what do we do now? 
Fast forward many, many, many years, 2018, I wrote a book called The Third Option. And the third option is that instead of this us versus them culture, everyone say us, say them. That we, uh, the third option is that we honor what we have in common, that we are all made in the image of God. Can I get amen? amen. That every single one of y'all are more similar than different. So I want to talk to you about how we, the church, forget the world. And by the way, everything I talk to you about today, you, you can do in your uh, care crew, right? I, I, they said we got care crews, and I was, uh, or crew, uh, crews, I thought it was like the cruise ship. I was like, I'm not following that. But I got it. I'm learning your lingo. Your lingo is cool. I've just learned. I'm learning. So you can do your care crews. But if you are in the world. And what I mean by that, if you work at a correctional facility, if you work at a police department, public school, a corporation, we do trainings in this content for you. So we took it to the world. And by the way, the world is more receptive than the church. I'm going to say it again. The world is more receptive from the church. Why? Because the church say, ah, we don't got to deal with that. We're all one in Christ. Shut up and live it. If we're not going to live it, let's not talk about it. So in this story, in this story, we're gonna look at Joshua chapter, Joshua chapter five. In this story, is two million Jews getting ready to walk into the promised land. Moses is dead. Joshua is getting ready to lead them into the promised land. It, they, the Israel is God's people. Everyone say God's people. Into God's promised land. Say God's land. God's people, God's, God's land. Okay, so I want you to get this picture. Joshua is leading the Israelites into God's land and he is God's man leading God's people. Are y'all following me? I'm gonna say it again, say God's land. Say God's man, say God's people. And he's gonna ask God, are you for us or our adversary? I want you to listen to me carefully. God's people, God's man, God's land, and he asked God, are you gonna be on our side against our enemies? Are you following me? I'm gonna say it one more time. I'm not, it's not a trick question. You're like, okay, it's so simple to, simple to understand. I get it, but listen. God's man, God's land, and God's people. And Joshua's gonna say to God, are you on our side against our enemy to fight our enemy? That's what he's gonna ask God. And, 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 and God's gonna give him a third option answer. Look what it says. Let's read, it. Let's read the Bible, let's look what it says. It says, it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with a sword drawn in his hand. This is Jesus. Jesus, okay. Joshua went to him and said, are you for us or adversary? Everyone say us. Say them. Uh, in our culture, the spirit of division. The spirit of division says, if you're not on my side, you are my enemy. If you don't believe what I believe, you're my enemy. If you're Republican, you're Democrats, you're enemies. If you watch CNN, whoever watched Fox is your enemy. If you're for the police, you either, either for the police or against the police. Full disclosure, my son is a cop 10 years in San Diego as of now. He's a gang detective now. My dad was a cop in New York City. But my dad arrested cops. So is he a good cop or a bad cop? But the world says you have to be on one side or the other. Do you believe in a vaccine or not but vaccine? It's a spirit of division. And if you're on one side and you agree with the other side, you are a sellout and you get canceled. Th that, those are all the world's rules. That's not the Bible. That's not the Bible. So here's Joshua says to God, God's man, say God's man. Say God's land. Say God's people. And he says to him, are you, are you for us or our adversary? It sounds like a simple question. And it came to pass and it says, and, the, and, and let me go back, just back, I'm sorry. Came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lit up his eyes and behold a man stood opposite him with a sword drawn in his hand and he said, are you for us or our adversary? And look what he says. He didn't realize who he was talking to. He said, no. Now, some, I have three kids they are all in their 30s, but when they were younger, I would say, do you want ice cream? And they would go, sure. Now, I, <laughs> that's a California thing. Sure, we didn't say that in New York. It was yes or no. Okay. 
And so I'm like, sure to me means I'm eating all the ice cream, you ain't getting none. I want a definitive answer. So he says, are you for us or adversary? And he says, no. Do you want a hamburger or hot dog? No. That's not the right answer. It's got to be one or the other. You only gave me two options. I got a third. Here's what he said. Here's what he said. He says, no, I'm not on either one of your side. Huh. God's man, God's people, God's land. How can you not be on my side? How can you not be on my side? He said, but as commander of the army, the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face and worshiped and said, what does my Lord want me to do? Here's the thing. Unity is not about black people, white people, Puerto Rican people, Latin people, poor people, rich people. It's a God thing. It's a kingdom of God thing. We have to do it his way on his terms. We have to be not activists, pro prophetic. So I'm going to talk to you about how to do that. A very simple thing. Very simple thing, because in the world, the way the world is solving this problem is someone has to lose in order for someone to win. Someone's got to get beat down. And in this season, it's white people. Right? Everyone else got beat down. Now, now it's your turn. That's the world's way. God's got a better way. God's got a better way. Can I get an amen? Okay, so similarity. Everyone say similarities. We have to honor our similarities. Here's what I'm going to propose to you, that every single one of us and every single person you meet for the rest of your life is more similar to you than different. I'm going to say it two more times, then I'm going to pause for emphasis, okay? I'm going to say it two more times, then I'm going to pause so you can think about it. Every person you meet for the rest of your life is more similar to you than different. Every single person you meet for the rest of your life is more what? Than different. It's a fact of life. Every single one of you is more similar than different. Look what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. It says, God said, everyone say, God said, let us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, make man in our image, in our image, us, our plural, according to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over the cattle. Give them authority. Let me really, really rewind. This is a, sometimes during sermons, the sermon's about this, but you want to give a little free nugget over here? I'm going to give you a free nugget right now. God created the heavens and the earth, and he said it was good. And then he said, man, I'm putting you in it. Heavens and earth, they work. You don't have to do anything. The ocean doesn't have, you don't have to do anything to make the ocean better. We can only make the ocean worse. You don't do, have to do anything to make the, the forest better. We can only make it worse. So God said, I made it, and it's good. So just don't mess it up. So when I walked up here, I said, I don't want to mess it up, because he fixed it. He, he, he hooked it up. So just don't mess it up, Miles, okay? So God has given you authority not to do what you want. He's giving you authority to preserve his glory of the environments he's already created. That's what he's going to hold you to do. So look what he says. He gave them authority over the earth, over every creeping thing. And these creeps are, ladies, some of the guys that, yeah, I'm gonna, the creeps. <laughs> Dudes walk around, they're just creeping, okay? okay. <laughs> every creep that creeps on the earth. So God created man, man in his own image. And in the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. I was at a Donovan State, uh, Donovan State Prison uh, Correctional Facility in uh, San Diego. And I, was, I had just spoke. And if you've never been to a, a penitentiary, state penitentiary, please go. I'm dead serious. How many of y'all never been? I'm not talking about never been locked up. You just never been. <laughs> y'all like, ah. <laughs> By the way, when we, in our church, we raise our hand. We put our elbow above our ear. We don't do the T-Rex thing. We don't do that. How many of y'all never been to a state penitentiary and just visit, okay? Keep your hand up. Okay, great. That's fine. You should go. You should go. Because a couple of things you're going to realize. One, your prayer life will, will be increased. As soon as you hear clank, clank, boom, behind you, and you see dudes still walking and standing like that, with their feet spread like ballerinas, okay, they're like, okay, let's go see who's in charge now. 
But then you realize when you talk to these brothers or sisters, depending on where you go, they're just like you. Just like you. You see dudes that look like Pastor Rich. Got a part in his hair, mustache. <laughs> Old school. And he's there, right? With his feet like that. <laughs> and you start talking to him. And you're not supposed to ask what they're in there for, but it depends on the relationship, but you're not really supposed to ask, but I do. <laughs> yo, but, yo, but how can I pray for you? See, that's, that's code for, like, what's up? And a dude like that will say, yeah, I'm in here for double murder. Like, you look like my cousin. <laughs> and I, I, I'm not even trying to be funny. It's, it's fact. So I'm in this prison, and we, I just spoke, and, and after I spoke, these three guys, three white supremacists were walking around the yard. They had no shirts on, they had tattoos, and one guy was in front of two guys. They weren't even walking next to each other. The two guys were behind him. Alpha male was in the front, and he was walking around the track, around the yard. You know, black get back, brown stay down, white is right. That's what they were saying, right? So they're walking around, and, I, and the Lord says, go over and talk to him. So I went over to the yard and called over to the track, called the guy over. The head guy, and he got right here. We had about a 45-second conversation. He was right here. Now, I'm, I, was, I was a little confused and stutter, stuttering because I was like, brother, you're supposed to be a white supremacist. You have so much tattoos, you painted yourself black. <laughs> you're you kind of defeating the purpose. <laughs> but that's on you. I'm not going to comment on how you do your thing. And here's what I said to him. I said, Jesus is looking for you. You're a leader. Jesus wants you. Now, here's the thing. God made him in his image. He's just as much in the image of God as I am. And because he's in the image of God, he's created to respond to the name of Jesus. He's created to respond to the word of God. He's created to respond to the Holy Spirit. He's created to have a relationship with God. He can't, he can't, even, he can't even deny that fact. And at some, point he just, at some point, he can't even resist part of that. Here's the other thing, though. He is 99.5% genetically identical with me. Go to China, go to Singapore, go to Africa, go to India, go to Russia. Whoever you meet is 99.5% genetically identical to you. They have a stomach, they have a brain, they have lungs, they, have, they, want, they want to eat, they got to sleep, they got to have, they got to have family, they, need, they, need, they have a purpose in life, they would love to know, have clarity in their purpose. Every single person is more similar to you than different. Fact. And what we have to do is we always, the devil says, focus on what's different. But I'm going to tell you that what, is, what you think is different is not actually different. It's just a variation of the same thing. When you see a, when you, if you're a white person and you see a black person, we'll get into color later. But if you see a black person, they're just a different color than you. I, don't let me get ahead of myself. I did a wedding for a brother who's from Miami. His name was Corey Legion, played in the NFL. His wife was from Ethiopia, is from Ethiopia, Faven. Thousand people at the wedding. Now, he played in the NFL, so it was, a, it was a ginormous wedding. It was blah, 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 bang. And in the United States, American weddings are kind of sedate for the, for the ceremony. Everybody sitting there. And the bridesmaids and grooms are walking like robots. And you know, you know there's, y'all follow what I'm saying? Y'all feel what I'm saying? It's just like, it's like, it's so stiff, right? And when I do weddings, it's like, you know, we're going to laugh. We're going to have some fun. So, in this wedding, there were 14 groomsmen and 14 bridesmaids. 14, okay, 1,000 people, a, a 500 or so from the United States and 500 or so Ethiopians. So we come out, the Americans are like, 
Ethiopians. Ah! I was like, now this is how you do a wedding. Come on, people. But that's only the start. The wedding was three days. Today's wow. Dias. <laughs> I only went to the first day because I had to go on vacation. I was like, I'm out. But they had three day wedding. What's the point? The point is that we both had a wedding. They were just variations. And what we trip on as differences are actually variations of what we already have in common. It is the beauty of God. And so I'm telling you that if we can see through that lens that we are more similar than different. Come on. Grouping. This is, huh, everyone say grouping. The way we sort people into groups who are like me, not like me. Everyone say like me. Say not like me. When we see people, I, your brain is designed to make sense of things. When you walk into a room, your brain, without you even trying, is trying to think, where am I going to sit? Where, where am I going to be comfortable? Where can I see? What's the temperature? What's the sound? You're doing that without even thinking. So your subconscious mind is always figuring things out. It never stops. And one of the things we figure out is who's like me, who's not like me. How, who am I going to feel comfortable with? Who am I not going to feel comfortable with? Okay, all the ladies in the house say, hey. That's a group. And, and here's the thing. Of that group, some ladies know how to say, hey, and they always roll their neck like that when they say it. And then some ladies go, hey, they just kind of whine. You know, they don't know. <laughs> but if, you're a mother, if your mother raise your hand, if, you're, if your mother say, hey, that's a tired hey. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a dad, raise your hand. That's a group. Okay, if you're a single guy, raise your hand. That's a group. If you're unemployed, raise your hand. That's a group. Okay, we pray for you. Boom, get your job, get a job, get a job. In Jesus' name, get you a job. Okay, I'm not saying get a job. I'm declaring job on you, okay? <laughs> Please, don't, 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 don't misunderstand. So, but every single one of our groups. Now, watch this. What's the next slide? The next slide says, in group are the people who are like you. We categorize people like me or not like me. And once you decide that someone is like you, you give them in-group bias. This is what we do all the time. We treat them with favor. Hey, you walk in a room. I'm Christian. You're Christian? Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> you from Somi? I'm from Somi. Okay, good. I'm taking Somi back to San Diego. I Somi, okay? Uh, you, you from, you from, you from, uh, 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 you work at, uh, with the Dolphins? I work with the Dolphins. Okay. As soon as they like you, that's your in-group. You feel more comfortable. Your, your kids on the soccer team? Call the Razors? My kids on the Razors. Okay, good. We're on the same team. We're in-group. Okay, watch. I am more comfortable with those who are like me. And here's, every time I read this, I want you to think of how arrogant we are. If you're like me, you're better. If you're like me, you're better. If you're not like me, you're not as good. Why? Because I'm good. There's the cynicism behind that. Look what it says. I am more inclined to spend time socially with those like me. I am more patient with those who are like me. I give the benefit of the doubt quicker to those who are like me. I am less, express more grace when mistakes are made by those like me. It's easy to communicate with those who are like me. I assume I will get along with those who are like me. I am more willing to go out of my way to help those who are like me. I possess more positive assumptions. Assumptions. If I assume I'm going to get along with you, what's probably going to happen? I'm going to get along with you. Because I'm going to try, I'm going to be relaxed. I'm like, hey, how you doing? I'm going to divulge information that was going to make us connect quicker. But the opposite is true. Our group discrimination, if I think you're not like me, we don't have anything in common. You're those people. Oh, snap. It's called othering. You put a label on someone that they're the other. They're not like me. We do it through accent. And by the way, there's only one race, the human race. 
just to be clear, there's no races. There's one race, the human race. There's nationalities, there's ethnic, ethnicities, there's languages. But we find any kind of reason to put people down. Racism is when you devalue someone's uh, uh, value. You do devalue their humanity or you devalue the image of God in them because of their language. How arrogant is that? The image of God in someone is less valuable than in you because of their language or their color or their hair or their accent. Whoa, how satanic is that? So here's what we do. If, if you're not part of my group, what's the next one? If you're not part of my group, I'm less comfortable with those who are like me. I'm less inclined to spend time socially. I'm less patient with those who are not like me. I get the benefit of the doubt slower than those who are not like me. I express less grace. Who determines how much grace you're gonna give? Grace is unlimited and it's, and it's unconditional. It is more difficult to communicate. I don't assume I will get along. If I walk into a relationship saying, we ain't, this ain't gonna work, it ain't gonna work unless that person really just overwhelms you with their love and charm. Look what it says, I am less willing to go out of my way to help those who like me. I possess less positive assumptions about those who like me. In group, out group. Now, here's the amazing thing about this. I'm a people person. I could talk to anybody. I could have a conversation with a rock and really enjoy it. <laughs> How do you convert somebody from being your out group to your in group? Very simple. Find one thing you have in common. Well, raise your hand if you're human. Okay, keep your hand up, because I'm gonna ask you a bunch of stuff that's gonna be yes. How many of y'all sleep? How many of y'all eat? How many of y'all go to the bathroom? How many of y'all have family? How many of you want to be in love? How many of you want to have a purpose? How many of you would love to have happiness in your life? How many of you love to ha be happy and be healthy and have uh, uh, resources that to do, fulfill your dreams? All of us. I, and you can put your hands out. I can go on and on to the break of dawn. I can talk about your muscles, your bones, your, 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 your hormones. I can talk about all that stuff. All, all you ladies who get pregnant, all the thousands of things that happen to your body before you get pregnant, while you're pregnant, after you get pregnant. I've been through that several times. I've seen it. It's, and all that stuff, that's what we have in common. I was, playing, I was playing at a golf tournament and they put 10 of us in a group at a time, 10. And this couple rolled up, white couple, they were in, uh, uh, they rolled up in a car, a guy and a girl, a woman and a man. I said, hey, where y'all from? He said, I'm from Orange County, California. I'm from New York. Okay, I'm from Long Island, New York. I'm a New Yorker. I've been in California 40 years, but I'm a New Yorker. Anybody here from New York? You know what I'm saying? Once in New York, New York's the best place, better than Miami, sorry. Let me tell you something, Miami is, Miami's nice. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. I was on the phone with my wife every day, Debbie, you, you got to come here, we got to come here. We got to move here, I'm telling you, this is awesome. <laughs> so I said, where you from? He said, I'm from Orange County. I said to the lady, where you from? She said, I'm from New York. I'm from New York. We're both from New York. She's in my in-group. Now, gender-wise, she's in my out-group. Ethnicity-wise, she's in my out-group. Height-wise, she's in my out-group. Occupation-wise, she's in my out-group. So I get to choose. You get to choose. So when you meet someone, you can choose to find something you have in common and talk about that and realize that we are more similar than different and that's the one point we're gonna connect with. <laughs> blind spot, next one, blind spot. We all have a blind spot. We all have blind, we all, we're all blind to something we are blind to. We all, all, there is always something in every person's life that you don't know what you don't know. Remember when you were sick, remember how many, when you meet people who are 10 years younger than you and you realize that they think they know more than you, you're so stupid. <laughs> you don't even know what you don't even know. 
Blind spot. One of the blind spots is that you can be racially offensive and not be racist. This is very important for you to understand. Because if someone says you racially offended them and you think that that makes you a racist, you will deny and fight that you ever offended them. Even when the evidence is right there. But you could actually be racially offensive and not necessarily be racist. That's a blind spot. Look what it says. Look what, look what the next thing says. A blind spot is being unaware of what you cannot see. The gap between the intent and impact of what you say. The gap between what you intend to say or do with the impact. I remember the first time someone told me that they didn't see my color. Now, in my neighborhood, we saw color. I didn't understand. I thought they had an eye stigmatism. I was like, yo, you don't, you're like, you don't see red, green, blue, green. They said, oh, no, no, I see all that. I just don't see your color. I was like, how, how, how do you know that I have a color you don't see if you can really see it? Your eye is responsible for 90% of your brain activity. Your eye is responsible for 90% of your brain activity. Because when you see stuff, your, your brain has to process what you see and the meaning of it. It processes motion, it processes depth, texture, and color. Even if you are colorblind, you will see red, I mean, gray, black, and white. You can't not see color. Even if you close your eyes, you will see black. So black is here to stay. It's never going anywhere, okay? You can't not see color. Y'all missed that, but that's okay. It's okay. I kind of just slipped it in there, just kind of like a spontaneous thing. And so, so when they said they didn't see my color, I was like, what? And so there was a lady friend of mine. She was white, and she, she still is white, and she went to... <laughs> she... She went to Hawaii to get a tan. Now, listen carefully to what I'm going to tell you. She went to Hawaii to change her color. I'm going to say it differently. She went to Hawaii to lay out for seven days to get brown. She went to Hawaii to lay out for seven days to get brown so someone would see her color and ask her out. It's a billion dollar business to be brown. So she goes and she lays out and bakes, <laughs> lotions up, <laughs> comes home, he ain't calling her. She's boohooing on my shoulder, he won't go back. I said, hey, I'm good, I can't help you. But it's amazing how we celebrate a tan we get in Hawaii, but we invalidate a tan we get in the womb. I don't see that. Come on, what are we talking about? So my point is that let's not, let's, not, let's, not be, let's not say stuff that doesn't make any sense. Because the only time people say they don't see color is when they see it and don't want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so a blind spot is not knowing what you don't know. Now, how many of y'all are right-handed? I'm, I'm looking at my clock. How many of y'all are right-handed? Raise your hand. I'm going to give you a blind spot. Okay, keep your hand up. Look around the room, like 89 90%. The world was made by right-handed people for right-handed people. When, in, when we were in school, the designers of the desk we're right-handed, and we made it. So you can put your hand, your elbow on the desk and write and talk to the girl next to you without looking at the paper. <laughs> How you doing, girl? Que pasa? Hey, como se, como se llama? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I preached a sermon in Spanish, so I know a little, little, little bit, a little something, something. And, uh, <laughs> and as left-handed, I gotta be like, hold up, because I have nothing to rest on. I got to draw my name, and when you're left-handed, you are writing over what you've written, so the ink is getting on your hand. As right-handed people, you didn't know that. If you're right-handed, you can go to a golf club, a golf shop, anywhere, and get a driver, all the, the, the different golf clubs in right-handed version. If you're left-handed, you may have to order on Amazon. 
And when I was a kid, the only Amazon was in, in, in South America. We didn't have Amazon. There was no Amazon. If you're right-handed, you can get a catcher's mitt right now and play catch with your kid. And while you're playing catch with your kid, I'm driving around town trying to get one. And you think I'm making it up because you got yours so quick. It's called right privilege. Let it sink in. Let it sink in. When you live within your in-group and you live within in-group bias, you are ignorant to out-group discrimination. And when you don't know it, doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And then when someone points it out to you, you're offended because you think they're blaming you for something that you may be completely ignorant to. Now, you're, you are benefiting from it, but it doesn't make, it doesn't make, it doesn't make, say it doesn't make. It doesn't make you a bad person. It's just reality. So all of you right-handed people, oh, where are my left-handers? I'm left-handed, by the way. Where are my, this is my in-group. Can, can I get an amen? Can I, can I get an amen, left-handers? We all had to be dealing with y'all all our life. And y'all have no clue. Now, it doesn't mean you're bad. It just means you don't know what you don't know. Blind spot. Blind spot. There was a, there was a, a theologian, philosopher, um, very famous um, theologian, philosopher named... Um, Fred G. Sanford. Now, I'm going to show you how, how young some of y'all are. How many of y'all do not know who Fred G. Sanford is? Raise your hand. Dear Father, forgive them for they not know what they do. <laughs> oh, Lord. Sorry, God. <laughs> okay, so all the people who raise your hand, raise your hand again. Raise your hand again. Okay, keep, whoa, keep your hand up, keep your hand If you've never heard of the, the show Sanford and Son, Keep your hand up. You've never heard of the show Sanford and Son? Dun, 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 dun. You never heard that? Oh, snap. I'm old. I'm old. I'm old. I'm old. Okay, put your hand down. So, Freddie Sanford was a comedian. He was an African-American guy. He was a comedian, real raunchy. And he had a show named Sanford and Son where he had a junkyard in South Central Los Angeles. And him and his son lived in there. They had a junkyard. It was a comedy. It was a, you know, a sitcom thing. And he... South Central Los Angeles was somewhat a ghetto part of L.A. Where, where he lived, and he had a junkyard at his house. And so two cops, there was a lot of characters, but two of the cops that came was a white cop that was very stiff. He was like, hey, Mr. Sanford, very robotic white cop. Just clueless, right, to, to the area, uh, the culture. And then it had a black cop who would kind of interpret for the white cop what Fred G. Sanford would say. So the white cop comes, and they both come. Fred G. Sanford got robbed. The junkyard got robbed. The junkyard got robbed. White cop, black cop come, and white cop says, Fred G. said, Mr. Sanford, was the perpetrator colored? He goes, yeah, he was colored white. In our culture, you have white people as the standard. Everything else is colored. That's not Bible. God colored everybody. And not only that, he gave us colors that change color. Matter of fact, white people are more colored than black people. Here's why. In the springtime, they're white. <laughs> Can I go here, Pastor? Can I go here? Okay. <laughs> Summertime, you're red or brown. Can I get an amen? And then in the winter, when you get cold, you turn blue. I'm, I'm, I'm being funny, but it's, but it's factual. Here's the thing. God said, I'm going to make all y'all one color. It's just a different shade of brown. <laughs> so, so the Latinos are the only ones who got it right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Stop! Stop! 
next one. Judge not that you not be judged for with what judgment you use, it will be judged back to you. With the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Next one. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye? You do not consider the blank in your own eye. You got the, you, we have so much, the plank in our eye, we can't even see the beauty in other people, the, the image of God in other people, God's hand on other people. I got three minutes, so I'm going to speed to the end. Let's go, just go f- fast forward. I'm going to skip something. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> Thank you. He knew he's like, I keep going. Keep going. Uh, race consultation. I'm going to end with this. Don't have a race con- conversation. Have a race consultation. I was playing golf. I just finished playing golf. I shot like a, a 69. Um, it was on the front nine. It was front nine. <laughs> <laughs> I was mad. I was walking around. You ever see the Munskins on the Wizard of Oz? <laughs> I was walking off like that. And, and this guy, this kid, 25 years old, white kid, picks me up at a golf cart. He worked there. He had a golf shirt, you know, all buffed out. He said, hey, you want to ride to, the, to, the, to, the, to your car? I said, yeah. Some in the car, white kid, buffed out, 25 years old. I said, where are you from? He said, from Iowa. So right now, you're Brent, you from Iowa? You from Iowa? She's like, you're so happy. <laughs> I never been. To, I think I've been to Iowa once. You know. So anyway, all of us have a social narrative, which is the filter through which we which we understand the world. When you're a kid, you get all this information, and you can only filter through. You can only process information through the filter you have. You can't know what you don't know. So I'm sitting there, white kid from Iowa. I have a filter. And I said, what's your name? DeAndre. I don't know about you, but I don't know any white kids named DeAndre. And I don't know any white kids that say it like DeAndre. He said it like that. Like he's from South Central. I'm like, where you? I said, I, said, I, I, I need to know how, where, what, what happened? <laughs> What'd your mother do? <laughs> I had a race consultation. Tell me about your life. I promise you, you're in, you are in literally one of the most beautiful places in the world. You have the world right here. People, cultures, and experiences, perspectives that will blow your mind all from God. Let me just end with this. Go back to labels real quick. Go back to labels real quick. The Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor. I want to say neighbor, neighbor as yourself. It's a label. If I take the word neighbor out and put thug in there, I don't need to love you. If I take the word neighbor out and put Republican because I'm a Democrat, I don't need to love you. I'll put Democrat because I'm a Republican. I'm not claiming either. That's why I use both. <laughs> People be tripping. People be tripping. But if I put something other than neighbor, that's less than neighbor. You can't love above a, of, a, of a label. If you call someone ugly, you can't see him pretty. If you call him dumb, you can't see him smart. What God has done, oh, God has given you an infinite label. He's given you a label son. He's given you a label daughter. He's given you a label blessed. Give you a label anointed. Give you a label victim, forgiven, grace, righteous. And if you gave those labels to everyone, even if they're not saved, they're loved. God has a plan for their life. 
And now you start the conversation. Now you can look at someone through a different lens and say, how can I love you as God loves you? Put your hands up real quick. We gotta pray, my time is up. I wanna encourage you, not only get the book, get in, a, get in one of your crew, care crews, <laughs> your crews, and go through this. Lord Jesus, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for this message. Thank you for your perspective. And Lord, I pray that we would live out the third option, that we would honor what we have in common with every person we meet, that you would open our eyes to see the similarities we have in people, namely the image of God and the ability for people to love you, the ability for people to understand your word, to be hungry for your word, the ability for people to worship you, to give you glory, that we would see that in every person, no matter how they live, how they talk, what they wear, what their lifestyle is, that deep down you created them for your glory. And I pray that would be the filter through which we see them, love them, treat them, encourage them. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. Come on, come on. Thank you for listening to today's message. At VU, we believe we weren't meant to do life alone. We've been created with a unique purpose and designed to live in relationship with Jesus. If you've never surrendered your life to Him, we want to create an opportunity for you to do so today. If you want to say yes to Jesus, would you pray this with me? Dear Jesus, come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I trust you with my past. I ask that you guide me in my present, and I even place my future in your hands. I'm yours, Lord, now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made the decision to follow Jesus today, we want to partner with you in the next steps of your faith journey. Go to voochurch.com online. We love you.